Good morning, it's Wednesday, the 5th of September, and here we all are again. Full house, wonderful. I felt that I sensed that the Lord was saying when we were praying and worshipping there that He wants to bring us into an awareness of His delight in us, that He is delighted with you wherever you think you are right now. He is delighted with you and in you. And you need to get that, you know, into into your innermost being. Because that's the truth of it. He delights in you. So, you can say, thank you, Father, I'm your delight. And you can put your name in there, you know. Because that is the truth of it this morning. And everything, all the teaching that comes forth, is only to bring you into a place to walk the walk rather than just talk the talk. It's so that we might be lights to the world out there as it gets darker and darker and darker. And over the last 24 hours, um, I don't know where I'm going to go this morning, so we'll just leave it to the Holy Spirit. When I was with the Lord yesterday morning, I just... Um, was thinking on the armies of Israel, you know, and how they could get demoralized. Um, and then the king would come. And I think it's in the Psalms or somewhere it says, The shout of the king, I meant to look it up, is within the camp. Now, when the king came into the camp, a shout went up because immediately the troops were encouraged. They saw what they were fighting for. They were rejuvenated. They were, they were ready to die. They were ready to go out there and fight because the king was in their midst. And I would say to you this morning, the shout of the king is in the camp, because the king is here. He's here. He's in the midst. He's in the midst of you, physically. He's there, spiritually, in your spirit. He is with you. Never will he fail you. Never will he forsake you. Bob Mumford says that's become a bit of a threat rather than a promise when he's doing things he shouldn't. (laughs) I'm always going to be there. And he's also here by his spirit, corporately. So whichever way you look at it, the king is among us, he's in the camp. Brilliant. We haven't got to do this thing alone. But do it, we have to, because we've got our part to play. And if you hadn't discovered it, there's a war on, not only out there in the spiritual realm, where there is a war waging all the time, but within ourselves. Mm -hmm. The conflict within ourselves. You know, it's the flesh, wars against the spirit. What was the name of that man? Don Francisco. And in the war between the two, the old man rails against the new. Have you ever heard anything of Don Francisco's? Uh, Very, very good stuff. Years ago now, but very good. So... We're looking, I hope, at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, And I tried this morning to do a comparison between the fruit of the Spirit and the opposite. You know, I found myself quite in trouble because I couldn't line up things exactly with what I was trying to do. But I ended up with two two columns. And the one was love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. You know, the two bookends, love and self-control each end and the opposite of love I decided was hate the opposite of joy was despair the opposite of peace was war and dissension within ourselves or within other people 
The opposite of long-suffering was anger, short fuse. The opposite of kindness was selfishness. A little example of that. Of, of, uh, Joyce picked the price, price, priceless prize, the prize apple from the top of the tree last night. She said, there's an apple down there, I've got to get it. It's a big one, it's on the top. So down she wobbled with her chair or stepladder, whichever it was, and my hook to pull it down. Eventually, trophy comes, apple. Places it on the table out there and says, that's for Aaron. I thought, oh, I thought it might have been for me, but never mind. So I thought, that's a, that is a bad thought. I thought, oh, and I was saying to the Lord this morning, Joyce is so kind, I said. Her first thought was that apple is for Aaron. I thought he might not like apples. I don't know. But I thought, no, that is, that's neither here nor there. Possess your soul just as you've got enough apples to last you. No, stop it. That's not nice. So I dismissed that. I mean, you may think this is tiny, but this is how God teaches you, isn't it? Into the kitchen this morning, she says, there's an apple over there. It won't walk away. It's gone and hid itself behind the dishes over there. It's for you. It's one of the two that came off the top of the tree. <laughs> I said, there you are, you see? <laughs> I kept my peace and my kindness, and then I, I decided I was not kind. Joyce is kind. I decided I'm not kind. I was selfish in that thing. Little tiny things, you see. So then goodness, I looked at that and I thought, well, that's evil and wickedness. And faithfulness is unfaithfulness, the opposite. Gentleness, the opposite, is harshness. Now, God is working on the fruit of gentleness with me because I, I can tend to be far from the hip uh, before I hear the full facts or find out what well, he tested me this morning and I was fine. Self-control, impatience, anger, jealousy, envy. So I was looking at those things and thinking, you know, we have our part to play because the things on the right-hand side, which were the hate, despair and the, the war and detention, flesh and the devil involved in that. Um, because have you ever had that little voice saying, oh, would you put up with that if I was you? You know, the thought is put into your mind that you wouldn't do it. And so your fallen nature follows in behind and before you know where you are, there's a fight. Anyone who's read the, the uh, screw tape letters mm -hmm. of the senior devil to the junior devil, very, very interesting, uh, teaching him how to provoke in relationships. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, so I'd looked this morning, um, I looked in, in Ephesians actually, and I didn't get very far because uh, the, the, word, the word itself blessed me so much I couldn't sort of, I wanted to read Ephesians, but I got stuck. Um, because as I say, the word was, was blessing me so much, I could not go further. Than <laughs> so I started in Ephesians 4. I think I wandered over to Ephesians 6, I might have done, I'll read it in a minute. And then back to Ephesians 1, and... Anyway, here we are. I'm just going to read a bit from Ephesians. This is Ephesians 4 in the New King James Version. I did have the um, Amplified, but I drowned in it. <laughs> I just drowned in the Amplified. This is an exhortation to unity. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you or exhort you to have a walk worthy of the calling 
with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And guess what? If that's going to happen, one of us has got to die. <laughs> you see what I mean? When you're getting my goat, one of us has got to decide to lay it down. So I'm going to try to be the one that decides. Because if you measure it in the light of eternity, it's not worth having. It's not worth winning the argument. It isn't. You know, you may well be right, but just does it matter? Let it go. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Absolutely just beautiful. Then Ephesians 4, um, 17 He's talking here about putting off and putting on. See, this is where we've got our part to play with the fruit of the Spirit. We actually have to make the choice. As uh, Sarah came in this morning, Joyce Mayer was blazing out there, and uh, one word jumped out was, you've got a choice. <laughs> and this is, this is it. Before I was born again, I didn't have a choice. I could only go one way. But now I've got a choice because there's two wills at work. There's my will and the will of the Holy Spirit. So I actually have got a choice whether I get, you know, whether I bear fruit or whether I don't. Those two dogs again. So he says, Paul, now in verse 17 of chapter 4, it's got put off the old man on mine. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to licentiousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, and in the NIV it says, uh, with a continual lust for more. So if any of you have got the NIV, I've written over the top that that's what it says. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the whole place where it all goes on, is up here is the thinking processes and we were listening to something last night weren't we from the awakening and in it Graham said some of you are actually you came in with a band around your head and God is breaking those mindsets in you now it was um, it must have been about 2005 it was I think the year of the London bombings which is I think two years ago mm. and there was a conference um, in uh, the Andersons, Rod and Julie Andersons church um, about uh, awakening and the day it started was the bombings in the, tr in the tube and Graham spoke apparently on, on this thing but he was saying how there are mindsets being broken mindsets that we've had 
born with them almost. So be aware that the whole of the Christian life, the whole of it, is being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because that is your nerve centre. That's where everything happens. That's where you make your decisions. And out of this springs everything. So you might believe in your mind, but your heart has a different mindset, if you know what I mean. You might say, yeah, I can, I can go along with that. But actually, there, there's, there's two things here. There's what you believe in your mind and your core belief, and you live out of your core belief. You can say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and he, I abs I'm his delight. But your life will show something different because actually you're not sure. That's okay. Because what he's after is getting at your core beliefs. And he does it by transforming your, renewing your mind through the word of God. Eventually you decide to believe it. Eventually you decide to say, if you say you delight in me, then who am I to argue? All the protestations in the world are not going to change it. He has said, I have set my love upon you. And as we saw last week, beauty is in the eye of the one who beholds. Mm -hmm. So I can look at Sue and think she's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Somebody else might think, oh, I don't think so. But it's in my eye, the way I see her. And that's how he sees you. And he doesn't see you as you are right now. He sees you how you are going to be. Because as I've, I've always made the analogy of like when I'm going to make a Christmas cake or a pie, I, I can see it in my mind's eye what I'm going to do. I am going to make a cake. So I've got all the ingredients there. And as far as I'm concerned, the cake's already made. And that is the intentionality of God towards you. So no matter where you are in the walk right now, you may think you're failing. He says, I think you're doing all right. We're doing this together, aren't we? Sometimes what we forget is that we are actually in partnership with the Holy Spirit to bring us into everything. He is already one. Jesus has already won for us. And so there are forces working against that happening. So... I don't know if I'm making sense because I'm going. So the truth is, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Interesting conversation we had with Deborah on Monday night because I was just talking to her. She was the only one that actually turned up on Monday for our Monday group. And we just had a fellowship evening because there was a lot to sort of talk about and pray about. Um, and I said, I'm doing this thing on morality. And I said, well, nobody needs to be told that, that what they're doing is wrong. And she said, yes, I do. And I was astonished because I thought I was going to start my teaching on morality coming from the point of view that you know it's wrong. But then I thought back to my own... Um, time when I was born again and I didn't know it was wrong I didn't know what I was doing was wrong God had to tell me and he used a scripture to tell me and I'd never I, I didn't know where it came from I had to go home and have a look like go woman and sin no more I thought well that sounds as if it's come from the Bible I'll go and have a look didn't know what I was doing was wrong 
and there are many sitting in the church today not knowing what they're doing is wrong. You know, it's not a condemnation, it's a let's teach them, show them that actually it's wrong. So we're all in a process, we're all in a certain place with God and we're all going further hopefully. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. I'm so thankful that he never gives up. <laughs> you know, I'd be up for throwing in the towel every five minutes, but he never, I, where I sit, I see his faithfulness towards the body of Christ. I see people going round and round, the same problems. I make my little input, and they say, yeah, got it, off they go, round it. They get. <laughs> and I'm thinking, but you're not saying, oh, for crying out loud, can you get this? It's not like that. It's just not like it. We aren't, uh, someone used the word numbskull this morning. Was it, was it, did you use it? No, no, no. somewhere. Oh, no, it was in the message. Yesterday you read it. <laughs> Describing us as numbskulls, and I thought that's pretty about the size of it. Sheep have got pretty thick heads, really. Therefore, putting away lying, each one speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. See what gives him an opportunity is is when we give him an opportunity to get him. He's always got his little toe there trying to get in the door let him who stole steal no longer but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has need oh here comes the mouth now let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary building up that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He hasn't finished yet. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, loud quarrelling and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, mm. tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. He goes on, chapter 5, verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, it'd take you all your life, wouldn't it? Nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. I think someone prayed this this morning. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. 
So I got stuck on that. And so I thought, well, I'll start at the beginning. This is God seeing the things that are not as though they are. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints. Saints. You're already saints. You're already sanctified. And everything that he's about to tell you is part of that process in your sanctification. He doesn't just say to you, you reprobate lot, listen to this and put some of it in practice. He says, saints, who are in Ephesus and faithful in Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That was as far as I got. I was taking the blessing of grace for myself. As I spoke it out, I spoke grace over myself this morning. So I say, grace to you and peace. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Words are extremely powerful. It's probably not right to um, play Graham's thing on, from the awakening today because it just is probably not right if the Lord says so in a minute. I will, but I don't feel as if it is. But he makes declarations on that CD, doesn't he? And he was declaring things out there. And what was amazing to me was the number of times he repeated it. He kept saying things. I can't think of anything that he said right now. Can you think of one of the things that he said? He just kept declaring it over them, didn't he? Because these people had stood up and he said, Beloved, don't stand up right now if you don't... It was for an acceleration that in the next 15 months God will give them five years' growth. If they felt they had slipped behind, he would give them five years' growth. But he said, there's no shame. God doesn't do shame. There's no disgrace. But if you stand up for this, know that, that God's going to expect you to run. And I, I found that so interesting because when I was at New Wine, that one lad that wanted what he saw, I had to say to him, run, Godwin, run. And, and that was all that kept coming out of my mouth, a run. And I wanted him to actually do a sprint, you know, to, to show that he was going to do it. And, and uh, Graham was saying that if you this means you've got to run, you've got to cooperate with God much faster, you've got to accelerate your cooperation with him. And that is the way to make up time. You cooperate with the Holy Spirit instead of playing with it for days and weeks and months perhaps. You say, you got it. What do you want, Lord? You have it. And that cooperation will accelerate. You will throw you into something that you just have not conceived. You cannot conceive what God has got for you. He is so excited about what he wants to give you, but he can't give it to you where you are right now. So there has to be quality decisions made. I'm going to run. When you ask for it, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to argue about it. Nothing is worth hanging on to. And so he faces you up with something. What about this then? Do you feel, how do you feel about like this? And, and Father, it's not worth it. You have it. And you accelerate yourself into the purposes of God. And I, I need to say to you that, that the Holy Spirit is there to help you. 
I have prayed and asked, you will hear if you listen to Graham Cook, he says, upgrade your worship. Now my worship, as far as I've been concerned, has been pretty naff, as they use the expression. I'll talk to the Lord a lot, but I tend not to be able to sing to him or to um, eulogise and to tell him how I actually feel about him. So I've asked the Holy Spirit to upgrade my worship because I can't do it. And out of the blue this morning, I suddenly, I was talking in tongues, I began to sing in tongues, I began to translate or um, interpret what I was singing into English and I found myself singing a grade A love song. It was a bit like a rumba actually. It was really interesting in the, in the, the, the tempo, is that the right word? Mm. Uh, and it was really interesting. I was just so thrilled to bits. Can't tell you what it was now. I, I can't tell you what it was, but it was. He had answered that prayer because I just kept saying, "I can't do this. I want to do it." And the answer is, you can, in cooperation with me. Because it's yeah, it's a willing heart. Someone just said, because. We can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens us, but first our will has got to be in alignment with his. So I prayed what he wanted to hear. And part of what I was singing I know was, um, I am my beloved's and his desire is towards me. Now that's right at the end of the Song of Songs. Because she starts off by saying, my beloved's is mine. <laughs> who's at the centre of all this she is my beloved is mine he's mine I've got him I've got him underneath the apple tree yum yum want to stay there you know feed me with apples stay me with roses stay in this place and he says time to move girl <laughs> she says I don't want to go I've just got myself settled here anyway this is this is the progress isn't it in the song of songs but right at the end when she comes up leaning on him having come up out of the wilderness she says, I am my beloved's. She recognises his possession of her, not her possession of him. So let me tell you, you don't have the Holy Spirit. He has you. And he has you for a purpose. And that is to transform you into the image of Jesus. Because God is bringing many sons to glory. I do not see any purpose in staying a nepios, which is a babe without speech. I want to be a huios, that father can say, my checkbook son, your word's my word, what you, you sign my checks. That is what the huios position is. You go from Nepios to Technon, which is a long, young child, to Paidon, which is lads. Come on, lads, when he said to the, to the boys, let's go for a boat ride, boys. He was saying lads. But Huios is a fully mature son, and that is what we're on the journey into. God's taking us from one degree of glory to another. And the circumstances in your life are there as a training and a proving ground. They are not warfare. When you get into warfare, you will know it. But he will not release you. I mean, the number of people say, oh, the devil 
he's done this and as Bob Mumford would say sweetheart's not enough light in you to attract us what's he call it a used demon <laughs> lover he said there's not enough light in her to attract a used demon he will not release you into warfare into a warfare situation where you're going to get go through the shredder he isn't going to do that so all the circumstances, the situations in which you find yourself in your everyday life are your training ground, your proving ground. You'll learn something here and then you'll go home and boom, it'll hit you. Because here's your book learning, then you get to find out what it is. So then you've got a choice. Hey, hang on a minute, I heard that. What am I supposed to do in this situation? <laughs> That is what it is. When you get released into warfare, that is a different kettle of fish altogether. Um, will you have the soup or the melon? <laughs> You've heard that story of Graham's? Yeah, Sam's nodding. He's had this dream, and in it, he's absolutely... The battlefields, there's smoke on the battlefield. There's body parts all over the place. He's standing there swaying about like this with his sword cleaving to his hand, stuck up with blood, he's had such a fight. The enemy's got another load coming over the hill and he's thinking, I've just about had it. All of a sudden, this waiter turns up with the white napkin over the arm. Would you have the soup or the melon? He says, give it a break, I want some help. Soup or melon? And he's beginning to get a bit naffed off with this thing. I think, soup or melon and he wakes up and the words that come into his mind are he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies and he laughed mm -hmm. and he saw what God was saying soup or melon <laughs> God is not fast one of the wonderful things I've heard Graham say is uh, that God says to him when the enemy's doing his best God's God's doing, the enemy's doing his worst, God's doing his best. And he says, uh, let's just Graham and I stand here and wait while you go and get some reinforcements. Is that the best you can do? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Those who know their God, know their God, will be strong and do exploits. The knowing him comes first. There ain't no way you get released to be strong and do exploits without knowing who is with you. I had a vision the other day because I've been having a bit of aggravation one way and another but that's fine because it's all to make you stronger you know uh, uh, spiritual warfare is there um, to cause you to grow stronger in God and to recognize his magnitude and uh, people are there to grow you in grace so either way you win and in this particular picture there was this huge entity against me and I was just about had enough of this thing I'm down here he's up there and I'm thinking Graham says that God puts one bigger at you so you can get to the size of that that's the idea of it you know he grows you up so you're bigger so I thought right well I can't get there at the minute but I can with a ladder and I got myself this step ladder and up I go up these steps and I eyeballing it there and I just chopped its head off and shoved my sword down his neck. I thought, now shut up. <laughs> I made myself laugh that I'd 
gone up the steps to get it. <laughs> I'll get there somehow. I've had enough of this. But it just stood there looking at me, you know. I mean, absolute fantasy, really. But there you are. <laughs> I enjoyed it for a moment. <laughs> Victory was sweet. Ah, oh, dear, there we are. Go there. Okay. Right. So, but something in us, you know, I'll look at my notes in a minute. <laughs> um, has got an upward and a downward pull. You know, the upward in us is towards God, is the Spirit of God, always wanting to take us higher. But the old nature, downward pull, that is the war that goes on. There's a downward and an upward pull. And we get to choose. It's like the little boy, isn't it, with the sweets on the table, and his mum said, I'm going out, Johnny. I don't want you to eat those sweets on the table. That's your test. A test command. No sweeties. So mummy goes out. When she comes back, dish empty. And what did I say to you? Oh, well, mummy, it was like this. Jesus was pulling one leg and the devil was pulling the other and the devil was stronger. Upward and downward pull. The sweeties got eaten. In, in situations where we come, where it you all know your own area of weakness because we've all got one area of temptation usually a flesh area um, you know it's it's uh, if I'm trying to fast or diet my area of, of that would be a donut you know or something like that it would be something just for the moment's pleasure get it in there you know um, so knowing your area of weakness, mm. you need not only to be trying to fight that in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit, but to have your mates around you. Be honest with them. Pray for me. I have difficulty in this area. I need your prayers. We need to be transparent with one another about where our weak areas are. Um, Bob Mumford uh, tells the story of one an, another leader being accountable to him they were accountable to each other uh, particularly in the sexual area because this guy knew he had a weakness in that area and uh, I don't understand this but this is what Bob Mumford said he said there is an area where when you're under the anointing every sense in your body is heightened uh, and so therefore um, even the sexual awareness is heightened so you need to be very very careful and this guy, sort of two o'clock in the morning, he'd just come out from a meeting, he's on the station or somewhere, and suddenly he was tempted to buy a, a magazine. And he phones Bob Mumford's two o'clock in the morning and said, this is what's happening, pray for me, because this is where I'm being pulled. And he said, we talked and we prayed until it was settled, it was done. See, the enemy will seek to fire it in and get you at your weakest point. And so we need each other. We desperately need each other. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> so we desperately need, need to be honest with one person and able to be accountable to them. You don't need a whole gang of them, but you need someone that you can um, ring up at, at any time. It's interesting because uh, I'm doing um, plug here.
money matters on Saturday and then in the afternoon looking at bitter root judgments so that as, as it's been before there's a bit of practical and a bit of teaching goes on together but the one I'm working on at the moment is sex and sexuality you might as well call it or morality and I have been bombarded with thoughts desires all sorts of stuff but I hope I'm old enough in the Lord to recognize that what he's showing me is what other people actually have to combat because often this is the case with me I have to go through something so as I can understand when people come to me and talk to me about this and do you know what the key was he gave me because what I was being reminded of was my past uh, and out of my mouth at one stage came she's dead that person doesn't exist anymore completely stopped it stopped it I could have battled, I could have fought, I could have tried everything, you know, uh, I'd close my eyes and I'd get these pictures and I'd think, oh, this is misery, I don't want this, I want to go to sleep. But the key is, that person is dead. She actually doesn't exist anymore, so it's no good trying to bang on about what she did. That is the actual freedom of understanding the exchange at the cross, what really happened at the cross, was that old, technically and theologically, you died in Christ two, over 2,000 years ago. So when you came into the re realisation of that happening, the old died, the new came. You hear many people saying, oh, I'm a new creation, you know, 1 Corinthians 5.17, any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, behold all things are new. But it's not a reality until you actually see it that that was a legal transaction. The moment you came into Jesus, that lot was blotted out. The enemy has got no grounds for saying anything to you about what happened prior to your conversion. None at all. Go and sort it out with my father. Right? It's, it's an in-house issue. You go and talk to him. That send him away faster than anything. So if you're like me and your past comes back and hits you like a boomerang, your answer to it is... She's dead, he's dead, gone. Brilliant. So, difference between fruit and gifts, and the, and the husbandman comes looking for fruit. Sometimes gifts are given to people whose characters, uh, and I see it all the way through the body of Christ, and I think to myself, cool, I wouldn't have liked that gift. They have this tremendous gift. And yet, they don't seem to be able to get themselves together. Um, and it's almost like God has given them that gift as something, and they're earnest. I don't know if I can make myself clear here. They almost get the choicest gifts to allure them to a sanctified life. Whereas for me, I ha yes, I know that the gifts that God has given me, and they're many and varied, but I don't move freely in things that I'd like to, like words of knowledge and things like that, but that's okay, because it's, it's the Holy Spirit's choosing. But some of these people, the, the gifts are so apparent, um, and yet their lives are in such a wreck, but I think to myself, Father, you have given them the Rolls Royce of the gifts in order to encourage them to bear fruit. 
two totally different things. Uh, gifts are like gifts baubles hung on a Christmas tree. Fruit is what grows where the roots go down. And 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 you will see them operating in the gift just the same when they bless them up, their lives are in shreds. So never go looking at the gift. Always be a fruit inspector. So you come up and you and you have a little sniff of my fruit of kindness, see if it's ready for picking yet, you know. <laughs> How about my gentleness? Oh, it's a bit green. <laughs> won't, go, won't go there. Yet. How about my self-control? Oh, it's turning a bit rosy, that one. That's doing nicely, but not ready yet. So you look for the fruit in people's lives. So often we're actually led astray by gifting. And so you see big ministries fall because what you're actually watching was the, was the gifting and not the character. Um... So we're told to be fruit inspectors, so that's what we need to do. And the husbandman comes looking for fruit. And just one other thing that occurred to me this morning, and um, whatever situation you are in, and however far you are on your Christian walk, you will have a Laban in your... You remember Laban? He was the one who made uh, Joseph... Was it Joseph or Jacob? Jacob. What Jacob work? And then he got Leah for his trouble at the end of it. And then he finally got Rebecca, wasn't it? He wanted, wasn't it? Yeah. So you will have a Laban. There will be someone who you will work for or um, be associated with who will will um, just not give you what you want. You won't get any praise or applause or thanks for what you do. You'll be asked to work twice as hard and have a good grace for it. You know, there will be this Laban in your life. And I was I was thinking about this this morning and I thought, where was my Laban then? Lord, I can't remember. I suddenly remember Bexley. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> because for five years of my ten years at the, the London Borough of Bexley, I was unsaved. That was fine. I fitted in like a hand in a glove. For the second five years, I was not. I was uh, I, I was I was saved, and that was a totally different kettle of fish. Uh, and I realised that God was saying that was your Laban, because it was hard, all day, every day. Uh, never could, never could get it right because I'd got a different value system. And so I thought, oh, I've had a Laban. That's all right then. <laughs> Gone through the Laban period. Um, but whoever and whatever it is in your life right now, the person that is getting right up your left nostril is your grace grower. Mm-hmm. That person is there. As Graham would say, if you try to run away from them and you land in Australia, you'll find six <laughs> waiting for you where there was one here. So the sensible thing to do is to sit down under it, ask the Lord what he's trying to teach you, accelerate your growth by getting in alignment with him Finding out what it is, what is it you're wanting of me in this, Father? Sometimes we just don't know what it is he's after. You know, what is it you're wanting of me? Had an interesting situation, you know, we work over at Frinton, and you know the reaction that we, that I got at Frinton. I've done a job on the rug at New Wine as well. But that's all right. It's the lion that did the job, not me. Um... Uh, and you know how the churches generally feel over there. It's not been a very nice way to have to go about things. Well, when we last went over there, Tim's mum, Adrian, 
was going to see um, one of the leaders of the church and she'd got an agenda she'd got a lot of things that she wanted to talk to him about um, and she was in a high old head of steam so she talked to us about it and um, we prayed with her and, and I said to her look you, what you've got to realise is the man is running scared he's completely out of his depth he's losing people from his church he doesn't understand what to do he hasn't got a clue you need to pray for him get under him, lift him up and you know understand what the will of God is so drop this in didn't hear anything she was seeing him last Thursday didn't hear anything so I thought I'd give her an email see what's happened anyway email came back long and short of it was that he'd lost it with her big time uh, got irate all red faced and really angry um, but at the end of the conversation he apologised he allowed her to pray for him and she, ca she never lost her peace and she came out of there on a different relationship with him and he with her because I think she'd been able to show him she said I didn't get his goat until I'd asked, I'd asked I asked one or two things before I got his goat now I don't know what she got his goat with I don't need to carry there but it obviously made him do a vertical um, because again you see I go in like talk about an innocent abroad it never occurred to me Tim and Katie were married in print and free I'm up the steps on the blessing them publicly in the place where he usually stands I don't suppose that went down like double rat sandwich but I just blessed the man I found myself praying for him in a way uh, that I'd never prayed before because I'm allowing God to deal with my heart in it my natural man would want to fight back my natural man would want to vindicate himself but you know if you try to vindicate yourself God can't you absolutely put yourself on the wrong side of God if you want to tell him like it is you've got to allow him to you stand still and let him do that hardest thing and then when you are vindicated you know you couldn't give a tuppany down you don't care it doesn't matter um, this, I've often said this one of my psalms is I think it's around about Psalm 27 and the day of trouble you will hide me he will hide me in his pavilion from the strife of tongues and he invariably hides me and there's strife of tongues going on everywhere um, but he hides me in that place I just think it is so kind is Psalm 31 verse 19 how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men you shall hide them in the pavilion of your presence from the plots of men you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues that has been my walk as I have been obedient to what God has given me to do 
gone blind into situations and circumstances where I've been absolutely unaware of all these throbbing big toes that I've been standing on. I had a picture of that once. There was a row of big toes like this. <laughs> I couldn't walk between them because they were so close and they were all throbbing like this and the only way I could get through it was to step on them all the way along. I thought, it. <laughs> I do not set out to tread on their toes. Actually, Joyce Mayer was saying on that tape as well, she was saying Jesus offended a lot with people yes. because he said the truth. Ooh. But it didn't stop him from speaking it out. Well, you're between a rock and a hard place if you don't speak out what he's given you. I had, I've heard the audible verse, voice of God once or twice, and once, I think it was here, I woke in the night to hear him saying, you will go to whom I send you and speak the words I give you to say. And he said it a couple of times, and I just lay in there listening to this. And of course, it's either in Ezekiel or Jeremiah. Um, so the important thing is you go to whom he sends you and you speak what he gives you to say and then they can all start their forest fires uh, you know um, and you're looking around thinking did I say something? what's going on? and then Psalm 32 you are my hiding place verse 7 you shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. If you, I think it's, Graham says, if you put God first, he's with you to the last. The key is, is to put him first. If the key is to do absolutely what he asks you to do without question. He doesn't mind if you ask him, if I got this right? That's okay. It's the rebellious, won't, stiffening of the neck, hardening of the heart that is difficult for him to handle. But as Graham says on one of those tapes, um, you're not too much of a problem to me. <laughs> you see, we come, he brings us the easiest way we will come. We actually govern how quickly we move. It's not him, he would bring us at a rate of knots. It's our refusal, our hanging on to things, our being silly that stops us. A number of times Joyce and I would say, been a silly Billy again. Used to be our cry, give us a, give us a hug, I've been a silly Billy. <laughs> we don't do it quite so often now because we've learnt, you know, that he does know best. He's so good, he's so kind and he's going to get his work done through us, in spite of us, he's going to do it. <laughs> well, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are faithful. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.